In the first century, a philosopher, Lucius Seneca, once wrote, Every new beginning comes from some other beginning's end. Every beginning begins when something ending ends. As we begin the sacred season of Lent, it is the season of Mardi Gras with all of her revelry and pageantry that has come to an end. Therefore, before we embrace the invitations of Lent, let's peer into the trends of Mardi Gras, for there, in our experience of Mardi Gras, we can learn much about our desires for Lent. The origins of Mardi Gras can be traced back to medieval Europe, all the way back to the 17th century and the French House of Bourbons. In fact, it was on March 2nd, 1699, that the French explorer Bienville arrived 60 miles south of New Orleans and named it Pointe du Mardi Gras, as his men realized that they had arrived in Louisiana on the eve of the French holiday. Mardi Gras of the 1600s looks very different than the carnival season of today. This year's Mardi Gras of 2017 made an estimated impact of $70 million dollars in Terrebonne and Lafouche parishes. Over 300,000 spectators turned out for the parades. Over 10,000 crew members mounted floats, fueling what is known as the largest free party on earth. With all that being said, Mardi Gras is losing her pageantry as she atrophies into an endless buffet of parades. Mardi Gras is slowly losing her tradition-rich tableaus and masquerading balls. Mardi Gras once had pageantry and custom and ritual, you might say. However, because these more historical customs are becoming more disconnected from our everyday experience, they every year become more forgotten. Few, if any of us, are affected by the customs of Mardi Gras because they are disconnected from our everyday lives. And what's true about these fading Mardi Gras customs is often true about Lent. In his 2017 message for Lent, our Holy Father, Pope Francis, encourages us, this season urgently calls us into conversion. He later writes, Lent is the favorable season for renewing our encounter with Christ, living in his word, in the sacraments, and in our neighbor. Think about Lent. Think about last year. Lent's in the past. When you look at your experience of Lent, does it seem best described with memories such as urgency towards conversion or renewal or encounter with Christ? But what if this year could be? What if this year could be different? What if this year, this Lent, were your best ever? What impact would that make on your life? Do you want this Lent to be different? Do you want more from God? Lent, just like Mardi Gras customs, can easily turn from its urgency or renewal if it is not connected to the reality of our lives. And this year, this Lent, 
must be connected to the reality of our lives. Today's first reading from the book of the prophet Joel reminds us, Even now, says the Lord, return to me with your whole heart, with fasting and weeping and mourning. Rend your hearts, not your garments, and return to the Lord your God. Return to me with your whole heart. Your whole heart. What is this heart that Joel speaks of? What what does this really mean? The Catechism of the Catholic Church describes the heart as the dwelling place where I am, where I live. It says the heart is our hidden center. The heart is the place of decision, the place of truth where we choose life or death. It is a place of encounter. It is a place of covenant. The heart is who I am. And this is what Joel speaks of. This is what Lent is really about. Our hearts. Catechism presses further. It says that prayer is neither an escape from reality nor divorce from life. You might say that that Lent cannot be an escape from reality or a divorce from life. The Catechism says, if our heart is far from God, the words of prayer are in vain. Let me say that again. I want us to feel the invitation here from God Imagine if this Lent were your best ever. If our heart is far from God, the words of prayer are in vain. Through the prophet Joel, God is urging us today to give him our hearts. Through the liturgy and ashes today, God is urging us to give him our hearts. And Lent will have the urgency and renewal that the Holy Father speaks of, if and only if we have the courage to give God our hearts. Our Lenten penances will have an effect in our lives if they are connected to our everyday lives. Again, paraphrasing the catechism, we might say if, if our heart is far from God, then all the stuff we do in Lent is in vain. To give God our hearts that must be connected to our everyday lives. And there's a temptation every year to do this year what we did last year. There's a temptation to repeat the same penance or spiritual exercise that we've always done. There's a temptation to do what we've always done. For some of us, this pattern leads to grace and communion. However, for many of us, Doing what we've always done merely leads to the same pattern of irrelevance that is beginning to describe Mardi Gras. And if this Lent is going to be relevant, it must be connected to our lives. If our Lenten penance is going to be relevant, our Lenten penance must be connected to our everyday lives. Perhaps the traditional fasting from coffee, soda, or sweets will dramatically impact your life. Perhaps. However, many of us have far more egregious sin 
addictions or vices that more dramatically impact our relationship with God. And what if this Lent we went deeper? What if this Lent we actually took a legitimate stance towards sin? Think about it. What would impact your relationship with God more? A a Lent filled with relentless moral inventory or shedding a few pounds because you fasted on snacks? What would impact your relationship with God more? Doing what you've always done or taking a stance once and for all to no longer do what we shouldn't be doing? If our heart is far from God, then the stuff we do for Lent is in vain. Please, Lord, if our heart is far from you, may our words this Lent not be in vain. Our diocesan website has suggestions for you if you want a Lenten penance that's connected to your real life. So I encourage you to go online, htdiocese.org, and investigate if any of these more mature postures toward Lent would help you in your call to happiness and holiness. I just want you to imagine if we all did this this year for Lent. Imagine if this were the Lent where we grew in virtue. Imagine if this were the Lent that you finally forgave that person you've resented for years. Imagine if this were the year that you buried the hatchet. Or imagine if this was the Lent that you reconciled your heart. Imagine if this were the Lent that you conquered addiction. Imagine if this were the Lent that you emptied the closet of all your secrets. Imagine if this were the Lent that you were, you're finally free from the things that accuse you of who you aren't and prevent you from tasting the truth of who you are. Imagine if we all did that, if we all gave our hearts to God this Lent. Imagine what your life could look like. And imagine if we all did that, if everybody in our parish did that together. Imagine what that would do in our families and our community. Imagine if by Easter there were more of his transformational light and mercy in your life. Imagine what that could do for you. Heavenly Father, we come before you today with our hearts. We ask that you would give us the grace to give you our hearts and that what we give you in our hearts this year would be connected to our real lives. Father, may this Lent be real. May your mercy be real. And may our Lenten penance be real. And may all that be real because it's connected to what's really going on in our lives. Father, we give you permission to guide us, to transform us, and to love us into deeper communion with you. And we ask all this through Christ, our Lord. Amen.